All right, we are live. What's up, Dan? What up? I'm just chilling, man. I uh, had the travel day from hell today. I was uh, in Ocean City, Maryland with my girlfriend's family yesterday. It was dope. We were on a boat. Shit was mad cool. And I drove home today, and it's supposed to be like a two-hour drive, but it ended up taking me five hours, so. Oh, isn't it like, uh, well, Ocean City is like, what, two hours from Philly? Yeah, two and a half. Um, On the way down, it took me, I went down Friday right after work, like rush hour, and it took me two hours and 45 minutes. And then coming home today on a Sunday morning, which should be a fucking piece of cake, took me goddamn five hours. But other than that, it's all good. I'm home now. I just ordered some fucking food from Triangle, which should be arriving shortly. Yo, have you ever had the special pizza? You know how they always have like the special pizzas at Triangle? Yeah, uh, I don't know if I've ever had them. Dude, I thought that the most unhinged one that they would ever have was uh, they did this one one time that was um, Elote pizza. Like it had uh, it had fucking like churros crushed up all over it and like it's like it's like elote you know but yeah. they they definitely top themselves because they have uh alu gobi vegan alu gobi pizza now i don't even know what that is it's indian food brother i don't know if i've ever had alu gobi is it bomb i mean yeah it's good but it being on pizza is unhinged brother well that's a that's a good way to to kind of segue into the best of 2023 list we've got so far. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, we're doing uh we're doing uh we were gonna do an, a year end episode. We kind of planned on that way forever ago. And we still are, but uh, you know, we figured a lot of shit has come out already this year. So we're gonna do a halfway through the year check-in, you know. I'm not gonna give any definitive uh calls on like a top five or top 10 or favorites or anything like that. Cause there's still time for new stuff to come out and to, you know, kind of marinate on things. But, uh, you know, we're going to talk about the movies, games, uh, fucking shows, music releases, whatever that we like that came out this year. So today's episode is going to be kind of do- dudes doing media. We're just kind of doing whatever today. Dudes doing a list. Yeah. Uh, I feel like, we, we've talked about this before. I don't know if we've talked about it on the pod, so sorry if we're retreading old ground, but we're doing this before Oppenheimer and Barbie come out, which will probably, both movies are definitely going to be awesome. Yeah. Not a joke. Uh, but this year has been kind of lacking and stuff so far. And I mean, now with the writer's strike and actor strike going on, I feel like things are going to get a little bit more sparse besides stuff that's already like completed and in the pipeline. Yeah. So I don't really know what the rest of the year is going to look like in terms well, I of feel like things that are theatrical already releases. I feel like we aren't really going to start to see an effect from that until like next year. Probably. I think things that are slated to come out for the second half of the year are things that have been done already. You know, I mean, there's a good chance that stuff is just going to get put pushed back because it's not just writers and actors, you know, on the strike too. It's, producers editors it's, yeah true you know it's the whole the whole just force behind movies so i 
it's we're everything is in like such a weird uh position right now with at least movies and tv shows yeah. so hopefully everything works out the best for the the writers union and people get paid a, a livable wage and all that yeah but i don't know what the the content will look like i hate calling it content because it makes it seem like of less value than what it is but the art it, yeah i don't I, who knows what the rest of the year will hold for us i mean everything's kind of up in the air right now but and to be honest, the, the first half of the year, for me at least, hasn't really been that great I've been as about, far as movies go. I, yeah, I feel like there's been a lot of stuff I like this year, but we'll we'll let's jump into it. So let's go backwards. We'll get to movies last. We'll save the best for last since this is the fucking the movie podcast. But um, yeah. We got a list of stuff that we wanted to talk about that came out this year. Let's let's just let's do music first and and I know this is like a sensitive subject, um, you know, so we're going to generally keep it pretty positive because, you know, we don't want to be shitting on me. I feel like shitting on hardcore bands is, is a little different than shitting on movies, you know, you know what I mean? Like, but yeah, um, shitting on hardcore bands is just punching down. Yeah. Um, My uh, I'm going to say right out the gate. The first thing is I, I already have three things in the running for uh lp of the year for me this year um which is the never ending game lp the wreckage lp and the blow your brains out lp um just right off the bat i'm like those three records have been in such insanely heavy rotation for me and they're all pretty different too um have you been fucking with any of those records at all yeah never ending game records awesome it's a lot of stuff that i didn't think I would like thrown into it because I'm not really like a, I don't want to say metalcore guy, but they do pull from like a lot of 2000s metalcore stuff. And that's not my shit at all, but they do it in a way that I don't know has been really done before. Yeah. They're, I mean, they're a, an incredibly unique band, dude. And I feel like they're also, it's so weird. Cause they're a band that's like, so and I mean this in the best possible way. I feel like you're going to get what I mean by this. Like, they're so old school, but so like they're like from the goddamn future at the same time. You know what I mean? They're like, yeah, yep. They're yep, so yep. old school hardcore, but they're also just on some, they're living in the year 6,000 with the shit that they come up with, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I've ever heard a band combine Cold as Life and Crowbar and it work. Dude, all the Crowbar stuff that they've been incorporating is is so fucking cool man like see that's where it shines for me when they hit the crowbar cold as life moments i i'm juiced i'm in yeah yeah i mean shit is it's just they're so fucking good man they're they're so unbelievable um uh the the wreckage lp i don't know if that even counts because like technically it came out well i guess it came out like the first very first week of january um, so I guess it does count, but I feel like that's something because it came out so early in the year and I feel like for hardcore, maybe, maybe I'm just biased because I'm like, it's my favorite fest and I'm somewhat involved in it. The hardcore calendar year starts with FYA to me. Um, yeah, 100%. And that record came out right before, like days before FYA. So maybe I'm inclined to think of that as a 22, 2022 record, but it is a 2023 record. So. Yeah, it came out. Didn't it come out the first? 
Yeah, I think it did. Like legitimately. The yeah, interview. there you go. Um, so I hope that doesn't get kind of lost in the shuffle of people's like year end lists. Um, but it's definitely in the running. You 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 fucking with that record at all? I gotta sit with it more. I only really listened to it a couple of times, and it they're pulling from shit that I really like growing up. And I just I need more time to kind of sift through my thoughts on it. But on the initial listen, I did like it. It's it's it, brother. It's just step forward for a new generation, realistically. Which is yeah, awesome. I can I can see that. Um, and then the blow your brains out LP. Uh, you fuck with blow your brains out at all? Have you been? I think yeah, you, shit's incredible. Yeah, they're awesome. Uh, Japanese. It's like they're from Tokyo, and it's to me, it's like there was this very much like. I feel like now there's a lot of like obviously over the past like handful of years there's been a lot of like chromax derivative hardcore that's really chromax derivative like just pulling from like best wishes and i feel like when i first got into hardcore there was like bands that were influenced by like new york hardcore in a broader sense that pulled from like chromax and they also pulled from like blacklisted era breakdown um and and like kind of combined those two things a lot and i feel like this band is like a throwback to like you know, early 2010s, like hardcore in like a really good way. Like it, this sounds like a band that like, you know, I got into hardcore in like 2008. This sounds like a band that like I would have been listening to when I was like going to my first hardcore shows, you know? This is a band that would have played posi numbers. Yeah. Like it, it is, it's just like, I don't know. It's just like, it's Chromax core, but it's pulling from so many other related things also. And it's just like, I don't know. It's done really well. When when I first saw the art, I, I was like, oh, this is going to be like the abuse because the art is just straight up the abuse type art. That's literally what I thought, too. But and sometimes I feel like you go into something expecting A and when you don't get and when you get B or C or, you know, even something further away, like you don't it kind of sours it for you. But this didn't really sour it for me at all. I was like, yeah, this is this is not what I expected, but it's so good that I don't care. I really like that. I mean, well, Chromags are probably like, if I had to like sit down and think about it, probably top three favorite bands, despite all the nonsense surrounding it. Yeah. But uh, I really like that blow your brains out kind of it. It's Chromags. And then there's a lot of like late two thousands or mid to late two thousands kind of like walking out parts. Yeah. Uh, big iron age influence. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And Iron Age is another band that I worship. So it's like, it, it's a lot of things that make sense that I'm surprised bands in the States haven't done before. Dude, it really does just sound like the first Iron Age LP. Yeah, it's more, I, really thought about I think it. the tones are, the tones are more dialed in. The songs aren't as long and like the riffs aren't as crazy, but it's more it's definitely more dialed in the best way I could compare it to something is like Chromax demo and the iron age demo. It literally sounds like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, what about you? Do you have a favorite LP that's come out this year so far or anything that's in the? Uh, yeah. I'll be honest. This year has been pretty fucking, uh, pretty good for music, not just yeah. like hardcore, but for, for music in general, it's been, uh, pretty pretty good um yeah. there's a uh, god 
I'm just looking through a bunch of stuff that I've saved and bought, but um, I'm going to go with some something different. Uh, the Destruct LP is one of my favorite things that have come out this year, and I feel like people I talk to are either in the same boat where they're like, yeah, this is better than the first one, or they're like, no, the first one was better, but I think this one's more dialed in with the disclosed worship that they have going on, and it it just... I love the production on this. It's not that different from the first record, but like, I don't know, man, it's a fucking D beat band. They really got to reinvent the wheel. Not yeah. really. Yeah. I feel that I need to listen to it. I liked the first LP. Um, when it comes to D beat stuff, I'm, I'm admittedly more into like the Epic, like stadium crust type shit. That's more my wheelhouse for D beat stuff. But uh, I did like the I do like some stuff like that, and I did really like the first Destruct LP. So I need to go and check out the second one. Um, just sifting through my my list here. Um, I know we both another, love the Scourge LP. Yeah, Scourge LP is unbelievable. Uh, I hope to to see him soon. Uh, uh, not a hardcore record that I've been fucking obsessed with since the moment it came out is the. Nuovo Testamento record. I don't even know what that is, brother. Put me on. It's like uh, 80s, like late 70s, early 80s, like new wave pop stuff. Like if you like Madonna and shit like that or New Order, it, it's so good. It's so it's so perfectly captures a time and place and the production nails it too that it shouldn't be this good. Like, there's no reason for this record to be that good, and it fucking smokes. Uh, another LP, a more hardcore record, is the Brain Tourniquet LP. Big fan of that. Yeah, they. I, I admittedly I haven't listened to that record, but um, they were dope when they played here. They played in Philly not too long ago, and uh, Scarab played, and like, can't remember who else played, but the show was dope. And they were good. They're awesome. I I really want them to kind of like not just be like a band that like power violence and punk people like, but a band that HC people can get down with. But I feel I'm, like power violence is so fucking insane to like branch out of in 2023. Like there's not it's not like fucking how it was 20 years ago where it's like, oh, Mind Eraser's playing with mental. Yeah. Even though it's like the same people. Yeah, it's I mean, I think the fact that Connor Donigan has been in so many other bands that people like like and respect will help them be able to like get over that weird like mental block. But I think it's possible. It just takes getting them in front of hardcore kids. Cuz I don't think that that I don't think that it's a band that hardcore kids are going to go out of their way. I feel the same way about Wound Man who also put out an LP. I think on like the same day as Brain Tourniquet LP, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, same label, same day. That record's incredible too. I, I think that that's just a thing where like, I don't think hardcore kids are going to go out of their way to check it out. But I think that if it's kind of sh- like, for lack of a better term, if it's kind of like shoved down their throat a little bit that they'll be like, Oh, this is pretty cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, that's all I could hope for with that kind of music. I mean, I'm not even, I'll be honest. I hate like 95% of power violence. It gets a little too goofy or whack or whatever, but I think these these two bands in particular capture the best parts of the genre, like you know, a little bit of infest, a little bit of Neanderthal, a little bit of crossed out, yeah, and throw some modern flares on it, you know, a little bit of scapegoat, yeah, some mind eraser DNA. 
just kind of carrying that lineage, which I can appreciate. Yeah. I hold on. Give me a sec. I believe my uh, my order from Triangle has arrived on my doorstep. All right, I'm gonna keep rambling. Yeah, go ahead. So another record, and if Kev Hare's listening to this, he's gonna be so excited is the Rat Cage record. Kind of uh kind of totalitar totalitar D beat with some UK eighty two parts. I mean, they even do like the peace punk spoken intro. <laughs> and that I love that shit. It's uh I think it came out last month and it really just start to finish rips. It's uh there's a lot of bands that people gravitate towards now within the sphere of like punk music quote unquote and i think this band in particular deserves more shine than a lot of bands get uh another record that isn't in the same vein but that a record that just came out that i'm a big fan of is the alienator seven inch i don't if you go ahead sorry oh no you're good i was gonna say if you fuck with the inmates or like that side of cleveland hardcore like nine shocks terror upstab uh h100s this is like so good the vocals are spot on the the music is insane it's so good for it being just a four song seven inch nine shocks terror is awesome i think that uh rat cage is probably um me and you talk about this all the time we're we have me and you have a venn diagram of music interests as far as hardcore goes we're like i feel like most stuff we can like meet in the middle on a lot of stuff and agree, but there's definitely some stuff where you go a little bit more to one direction than I'm willing or able to go. And same for me in the opposite direction. Um, I, I feel like rat cage probably falls in that, um, in that category and something that I like that came out this year, that is definitely too like metalcore for you is, uh, the new Adrian songs. I know that, that yeah, goes, that's out of my wheelhouse. That goes in the opposite direction. Um, I think they're good. It's just like more of what they were doing already. So if people liked what they were doing before, they're definitely going to like this too. But um, yeah, I think uh, I think another thing I'm trying to look at, I'm trying to think about like new stuff that came out. Oh, one more LP before we move on. Uh, did you listen to that band existence? The Swedish band. Yeah, I, I like that record. I, it hits like a weird spot for me where it gets a little too like hate thousands at times. Yeah. But when they do, they, it's such a weird amalgamation of things because it hits like Cro-Mags, New York hardcore parts, and then other songs lean into integrity stuff. And then some stuff leans into like Congress type of yeah. shit. That's that what there's parts of- it's, it's definitely like, sometimes I don't really know what they're going for. But, like, it kind of somehow works anyways. Like, I hear pieces of things. Like, they definitely – so, like, there's definitely, like you said, the H8000, like, Eurocore stuff. And there's definitely, like – there's definitely some New York hardcore, like, Marauder, Demise. Like, the those those New York hardcore bands that have the kind of, like, more riffier stuff going on. But sometimes it almost gets into, like, Slayer territory where it's, like, thrashy but, like, evil thrash. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's where, like, the early integrity kind of – sound comes in for me like that's why i kind of pick up on i it's such a weird record because there's songs on it where i'm like oh this is fucking sick and then there's other songs where i'm like 
I got to get through this one to get to the ne- the good one next. Yeah, I get it. Um, I also really liked uh, the the live it down seven inch. Speaking of, yeah, the- that's on mine. Um, it's awesome. It's just like dope, just straight up Clevo core from Cleveland, which is awesome. Yeah, those dudes are fucking awesome. The the record's incredible. I feel like uh, for whatever reason, it just didn't make a lot of people's radar. And if you like One Life Crew and Tag in Cold Blood, Ringworm, like that, that is what Live It Down is taking from. Yeah. I know I said I wasn't going to make any um, hard declarations, but that's definitely my favorite seven inch that came out this year. I think that's probably top five for me. I want to give a shout out to the Lethal Seven Inch too. That record's fucking awesome. I don't know if I know that man. Dylan from Dead Last and Restraining Orders in it. Quinn from the fight sings for it. Oh, okay. The the epic old school Italian legend Grillo, who sings for Stigmatism, plays drums for it. Okay, it's I awesome. The, it's like I knew the name, and now that I know Quinn and Dylan are in it, I'm like, oh yeah, that's their band. But I haven't listened to it yet. It's I I'll I'll back it because I like those guys, but I assume it might be a little too punk for me, probably. It might hit the the right spot for you. It's like uh, I read somewhere that I don't know if you've ever heard of nausea or not nausea, sacrilege, New York. Uh-uh. Uh, from like it's like mid eighties. It's kind of crazy because it's almost very similar to sacrilege UK, but there's parts on the lethal seven inch that do remind me of that, and then there's like. It's just a good mix of that kind of stuff. Some light, late 80s New York hardcore parts and lots of good just punk stuff. So I, I really, really like that record. Um, The Scheme Comp is fucking awesome so far. Yep. Comps, Burning I, Lord. Yeah. The Burning Lord songs are awesome. Those are the best Almighty Watching songs, I think. Yep. Um, And then as far as new bands that came out this year – uh, like demos. Uh, I really like that being Best Wishes. I thought that demo was cool. Yeah, demo's good. Um, and then uh, my favorite demo so far. Again, we'll see how I feel at the end of the year. But uh, Collateral. Love it. Yeah, Collateral demo is like fucking perfect hardcore to me, and it's just like sounds like a further evolution of you know previous bands that some of those guys were in. Um, and I'm admittedly, I'm a little biased cause those are like my friends and I do play in some bands with some of them, but yeah, that, that fucking record is, or that demo is unbelievable. I, I'm really excited to see what they do next. I want to give, uh, I'm going to give three more. So two demos and an LP, uh, the bloody flag demo that came out, which is Chris Olsh from power trip, mammoth grinder, impalers, Vasca, a million other things. Uh, it's, I'm pretty sure it's just him one man band it's uh, it's just straight up disclosed worship that and he he's just a student of the genre man he just gets it and every time any band that he does I, I will listen to and honestly I don't know if he's ever done a bad band before yeah he has a pretty good track record um, it's cool seeing him like I mean he does his own bands and then he like comes into bands that like he wasn't in prior and he like elevates him to like another level. I feel like he did that with power trip, you know? Yeah. Power trip devil master. Yeah. He's a truly a student of like 
hardcore punk. It's kind of kind of crazy. Um, uh, another plays, record I'm I'm gonna give a, a big too, shout right? out to is the Envision LP. No dick ride. Oh, thanks, man. I think it's fucking sick. It's a cool I, mix of new wave of British heavy metal and straight edge hardcore that I don't normally fuck with. And the last thing I want to give a shout out to is the Scarab demo. Wow, thanks, man. Can you hear me? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I don't know what the hell just happened. Yeah, it was just tripping out big time. I'm I'm gonna edit that, but um I was gonna say I uh I uh appreciate you saying that about the Envision record because I could see I, I would not be offended or surprised at all if you were like, hey, man, you're my boy, but this is not my shit at all. So I uh, I am glad that you like it. And then I uh, mean, a lot of the, the stuff that you guys are pulling from, like a lot of the new age category, I am either unfamiliar with or I'm kind of just like so so on it. Uh-huh. But I think you guys are there's bands that are able to, to do that for me that take influence from stuff that I'm like whatever on and kind of just breathe new life into it and get rid of the parts that are kind of annoying to listen to. Magnitude is like a 100% example of that. Yeah. I think a that band that's able to take all these cues and shit and trim the fat off of older stuff. Yeah. I think magnitude is another band that uh, I'm holding out my uh, favorite LP of the year so far spot because they might take it when that record finally comes out yeah there's so much stuff that's still coming out yeah it's been dope that i mean who knows the restraining orders records coming out next week so oh yeah um before we this happen again can you hear me yeah i don't know what happened it's this shit is crazy man um i'll edit it don't worry about it but uh yeah, as far as uh, we'll we'll move on. Um, we'll real quick before we move on to uh the main event of movies. We'll uh, what we're both kind of we're both on our gamer shit sometimes too. I feel like we're both like casual gamers, you know. Um. Yeah. What what games have been have you been rocking with so far this year? All right, first up, Dead Space remake, fucking okay. incredible. Uh, too Resident scary. Evil Four remake. Okay, Resident oh, Evil dude, dude. remake is awesome. Dead Space the remake. Dead Space remake is so scary. That's too scary for me, cousin. I mean, there's still stuff coming out too. The games I'm looking forward to. Spider Man Two is gonna whoop my ass. Oh, it's gonna be so good. Um, Tears of the Kingdom, just That's, probably on yours too. Yeah, Tears of the Kingdom is it for me. And then uh, Tears of the Kingdom, Resident Evil Four remaster, um, Metroid Prime remaster was awesome. And uh oh yeah. I've been playing the Aliens RTS. I haven't gotten to play it too too much, but it's really awesome so far. Um I feel like you would like it just being an Aliens fan. Yeah, I was watching you play it the other week and it looked dope. Yeah. Um uh want to give a shout out to Final Fantasy 16. It's been taking up a lot of my free time recently and uh the Persona remasters that finally hit consoles this year, thank fucking god. Yeah, those are both on my list of games to play. You want to do TV shows? Sure. Why? What are you? Uh, 
I got one so far that's holding the crown for me, but you tell me what you've been liking on TV. All right. So first up, beef, pretty good. Really liked it. Ending of the show was very good. What'd you think about it? Uh, I liked it a lot. I liked it more than I expected to like it. I thought it was. I thought at first I thought it was going to be kind of stupid. Like I watched an episode and I was like, "All right, we'll see. I'll watch another and and see." But I don't know. And I was like, "If I'm not captivated by this second episode, I'm 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 good. I'm not going to really continue with it." But I ended up really liking the show. Um, I thought the ending was kind of like okay, like what could have been better, but overall. It didn't. It wasn't bad enough to ruin the show for me. I think the it stuck the ending. Uh, the penultimate episode is the best episode. Yeah, I I think that the series was pretty good. I I really don't care if they do more stuff with it. I'd prefer it to just be a one and done thing. Yeah, it should be one and done. I really really liked it. Um, but also, I could see them doing it sort of like anthology style, like where maybe the next season is like kind of taking the same idea and like the same vibes, but like totally different characters and a totally new storyline. I'd be cool. With oh, that. I'd be down for that. I'd really like that. I just don't think there's any more to be told about the story with those two characters. It's done already, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Barry, incredible. I know the ending has been kind of contentious among people, but anyone that is arguing that the ending sucked straight up, just didn't pay attention to the themes of the show. I have because it's all hinted at. I've been meaning to watch it forever, and I've just never seen it. Oh man, I'm I love Bill Hader, and this show is so fucking good. The ending is so fucking good, man. A show that really nails it start to finish and gets better each season. Yeah, I uh, I need to check it out before I, before I give at least my favorite show of the year. I want to. I just finished the the second season of The Bear. I was telling you that I started watching The Bear, and I was like, oh, it's fine. Second season is much better than the first. But there's there's something about the show that, like, is holding me back from being like, yes, this is fucking awesome. And, like, it's very – I think it's dope that it's getting nominated for a bunch of stuff. But I don't – there's just something about the show that – I don't know if it's the writing or – how each episode kind of just ends and everybody's screaming at each other but there's something that just holds me back but i will say there are at least three very very good episodes in season two one of them being the christmas episode that is actually incredible i just feel like i don't know what it is i just can't bring myself to be interested like everyone's like yeah it's really good and i'm like Okay, and I looked at it, and I'm just like, all right, it's a guy about a guy who's like a cook in a kitchen at a restaurant. I'm just like, just like it just doesn't interest me, like the the concept. I don't know. I just sometimes things are like that for me. Like everybody can say how good it is, but if the premise doesn't appeal to my interest to want to watch it, it, I just can't do anything about that. You know. I will say this: the first season kind of a slog to get through. It's only eight episodes, and each one's like a half hour long, and it the first season didn't really do much for me. But the second season is pretty good. I think uh, I'd give it a 7.8 out of 10. All right. Very specific rating. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I get why it's getting nominated for stuff, especially like the Christmas episode. The cast is crazy. The, the acting and performances are really good. But the show overall is like it's missing something. 
that is preventing me from being all in. Maybe it'll get there with the next season. Maybe it won't. Who's to say? But you like but, it. Enough, uh, you like it enough that you're going to watch the, the next season when it comes out. Yeah, this season ends on uh, somewhat of a cliffhanger. So, okay, I'm 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 down. I'm not a hater. I'm down. Fair enough. Um, I haven't seen the new season of Dave. I need to watch that. I didn't even know there was a new season until recently. I love the first couple seasons. Yeah, season two is amazing. I love like. Sorry, I'm definitely eating my my triangle while we do this right now. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> Fuck it, bro. It's not the first time. I'll tell you that much. Um, oh, I know. I feel like Dave is one of the shows, like, the first season. All right. So, someone was like, you should watch Dave. I'm like, fuck no. Lil Dicky's corny. I'm not interested. I'm not going to think it's funny. Like, just give it a shot. I gave it a shot. I was like, oh, this is actually mad funny. And I was watching. Oh, I was it's like, so good. I was like, this is fucking hilarious. And then I get to the second. I think it was actually Bob Wilson that was like, dude, you should watch it. It's good. And then I get to the second season. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this show is so funny. I can't wait for more. And then I'm like watching it. And I'm like, oh, this is so funny. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, this is insanely fucking bleak out of nowhere. But like not in a bad way. Like I was just like impressed that they could like flip it from being like so funny to just being like, oh, this is really heavy and like still good, you know? Yeah, it goes from Dave having a milking fetish to him losing everything. It's awesome. Yeah, it's kind of insane. Second season's awesome. I love the Rick Rubin bit. Yeah. That whole part was so good, dude. <laughs> I, I feel like this is probably your number one. I hope it is, at least. This is mine. Uh, Last of Us. Yep, that's number one for me, for sure. Holy hell. It was so fucking good. I can't believe how good it was start to finish. I feel like it, anybody who's hating on it is just, like, hating just to hate. Yeah, I mean, it's a... It's an adaptation that shouldn't work. First of all, it has everything stacked against it. And it ends up being one of the best TV shows I've seen in years. I feel like Sony, especially, uh, is Naughty Dog the the studio that made, that does like Uncharted and The Last of Us and stuff? Yep. Okay. They do a lot of those games where it's like, The Last of Us being one of those games where it's like, this is so much this is more cinematic than it is like a video game to me it's like it's really super linear and not difficult and it's just a video game that you a movie that you play through essentially and to me a lot of those storylines would make more sense as movies and the last of us or tv shows in this case and the last of us is one that i do feel that way about so i'm glad that it got an adaptation because everyone's like oh this is like you know there's like a million zombie stories out there but this is like such a good, well-written, like, tight fucking story. And I've just had never had any interest in playing the game because that's just not my cup of tea for gaming. Like, I don't want to feel like I'm playing through a movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it it does enough things differently, too, that it deviates from the source material, but not not in a way that is, like, stupid or whack. It, it If anything, it adds to the overall experience, I'd say. Yeah, but I'm just saying I'm I'm glad that I get to experience that story in a way that is more conducive for me, you know, personally, which is through an actual live action narrative and not just playing a video game that's like a movie that you just like kind of move the character from point A to point B. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, 
I, I love the game, so I can't really comment too much on it. Especially the, the second game, I feel like would be more up your alley because there's like way more shit going on. And everything the stakes are raised way higher. Yeah, but um, I'm excited to see how they handle the plot line of the second game because they said they were going to break up the second season hmm. into two parts, which. Well- it makes 100% if you played the game and know <laughs> the story beats that happen. So I'm excited to see that all play out. I think the performances from everybody were insane. Yeah, it was just, it was so fucking good, man. I'm glad that Pedro Pascal has his moment after being like the star of like a wildly successful show where he just doesn't get to show his face until the very end. Like as an actor, I feel like that's got to be frustrating as shit. I mean, uh, season three of The Mandalorian's been kind of ass, and I, I stopped watching halfway through. Season three doesn't exist as far as I'm concerned. In the same way that Metallica broke up after uh, they put out Injustice for All, they only did two seasons of The Mandalorian. I don't acknowledge yeah, it. Yep. It doesn't. I, I think I got to the, the Lizzo episode, and I was like, huh, this is real car commercial vibes. I'm kind of out of this. Yeah, I'm just not interested in that shit. I'm probably they, not. They had me in the first half. Either. Yeah, I have no interest in it. I mean, Pedro Pascal as the Mandalorian was incredible. Yeah. I'm glad that he's he's able to be in another like nerd property that fucking kicks ass. Yeah. Um, and it's not like half-assed or whatever, and it doesn't end up turning into like I don't know, like corporate garbage. Yeah. True. Um, before we move on to movies, I want to say one more. Do you have any other TV shows you wanted to talk about? Uh, new season of Black Mirror sucks ass. I heard it was bad. Um, there's something else that I watched that was pretty bad. Mandalorian. Uh, it'll, it'll come to me. Yeah. Oh, Yellow Jacket season two. Horrible. I don't know anything about that, bro. First season's dope. It's like uh, Lord of the Flies shit. These kids get trapped in like a, the Canadian wilderness after their plane goes down hints at a bunch of supernatural stuff first season is legitimately awesome second season fumbles the bag entirely they got different writers and they just straight up didn't understand what was happening in the first season or watched it I'm convinced because <laughs> the characters do stuff that the motivations make no fucking sense and it, I didn't even finish the finale I got to the, the second to last episode with my partner Skylar and I was like, I don't even give a fuck about finishing this because it's just been so unsatisfying until this point. All right. Well, before we touch on movies, I just want to do give a real quick shout out um, to a comic that came out, uh, Night Fever. Have you ever read any stuff by Ed Brubaker? I don't think so. What's he? What's he done? He did. Uh, he did Criminal, which is like one of my favorite comics ever. Um, Killer Be Killed. Uh, Fatal. He does like a lot of crime noir comics. I think he's like the best modern comic, one of the two best like modern comic writers, to be honest. Um, I feel like people kind of have this weird misconception that all comics are just superhero comics, which like could not be further from the truth. You know, comics are just like a medium like fucking movies and like superhero comics are kind of like the origin and like primarily what's like mainstream popular. But there's a lot of really incredible other stuff out there. And this dude, Ed Brubaker, he collaborates with the same artist almost always. This guy named Sean Phillips. And they do these crime noir comics together. And they're all just like 
like unbelievable, like the most incredible fucking storytelling ever. And uh, Night Fever is a good one. It's just like a one and done like short story that came out. Um, it's definitely my favorite comic of the year. If if anybody ever has any interest in comics, and or 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 honestly, if you're a fucking fan of like fucking crime noir shit, you should go pick up an Ed Brubaker book and read it, and you will fall in love with it immediately. I guarantee. It's kind of like Archie. If you fuck with Archie. <laughs> yeah, there you go. If you fuck with Archie. <laughs> um, anyway, so, uh, yeah, so let's get to the meat and potatoes here. Um, what's So I feel like movie-wise, there's still some stuff coming out this year, so I'm not going to say what's in the running for my uh, for my favorite movie so far. But I will tell you what is the biggest disappointment for me so far. Um, oh, okay. I will tell you right now that I thought I was gonna love Bo is Afraid, and I fucking hate dude. It. What you change your oh, mind? Oh man, change your mind on it. I think I, no. I here's where I landed on it. I think it is just a movie not for me. Who the uh, fuck is it for? Besides I think the movie is besides Ari Aster. Who is that for? It is just for Ari Aster. That is oh. it. I think Fine. the movie. Fuck him! I don't is... want to see a movie that's just for the director. <laughs> Why? Why does that exist? I think it is. There are parts of it that I really enjoyed. Yeah. And there were parts of it that I was like, "Huh, I don't get it." The first, I will say this: the whole first act when he's in the city and he's like all weird and paranoid was awesome. Everything. That's after, the best part of the movie. Everything after that was insanely dumb. If you if you haven't seen it yet and you don't want to have it spoiled for you, skip ahead thirty seconds because I'm about to spo- I'm about to say a big spoiler. I mean, it's been out long enough at this point. It's let it rip. I'm watching the movie. I'm like, all right, this is pretty cool. Where is this going? This is kind of crazy. I'm interested, and the whole time I'm like, I'm enjoying this, but I'm also like, kind of like, what's gonna m- either make me love this movie or hate it is how they wrap it all up. If the ending is good, I'm gonna be like, this is a masterpiece. If the ending is stupid. I'm going to hate it. It fucking falls apart so bad at the end to me, starting with the fucking dick monster. The dick monster is the stupidest, most fucking tone deaf fucking piece of shit part of the whole movie. Like it seems so it just see. And I know there are some people who saw it. They're like, oh, no, you know, it's like just more absurdity and like whatever. I'm like, yo, it did not. I know that the movie is very all over the place tone wise, but there is no aspect of that movie that lines up with the fucking giant boner monster when they show the fucking dick monster i was like all right i'm out that took me out of it so badly i was like this fucking sucks this is so stupid i feel like ari aster just like jerked us around for two and a half hours and wasted our fucking time and then you get to the fucking end of it and it's like the stupid fucking tribunal and i'm just like this is so beyond idiotic dude i i really like a tonal ambiguous movie where you can kind of put the pieces together in your head and come to a conclusion that maybe other people haven't come to. And everybody I've talked to about the Dick monster has a totally different look at it than I do. And I feel like that isn't the point it's supposed to make that like everybody is just like assuming like, Oh, maybe it's abuse. Oh, maybe his dad was a actual Dick monster. Oh, maybe it's supposed to represent him scared of, uh, 
I don't know, having intercourse or all these other things. And the way that it's kind of like shoehorned into the movie, it feels that whole part felt like a huge afterthought. Like they needed something in the attic to add to why Bo has all these ticks. And it's like, it's not enough that his mom is pretty much the monster in the movie, but they had to make this fucking CGI dick monster. It just feels kind of just slaps you in the face. It feels like something a seven-year-old would come up with and think it's funny. You know what I mean? Like it is literally like super bad, like Jonah Hill's little kid character drawing dicks vibes. Yeah, it's that that scene. There's there's many parts in that movie that I was just kind of like, what the fuck is happening? So the forest scene where it goes into like the CGI like trip out kind of thing where it's like him imagining that he has a family i didn't i didn't care i i understood what it was but i didn't care uh that whole scene went on for fucking ever any movie yo speaking of not just movie but video games too any fucking video game where you have to play through like a your character is tripping out and everything's all weird and you're moving really slow type part. Any, maybe it's just, it's how fucking straight edge I am, bro. I just hate any sort of like weird trippy, like, oh, he's hallucinating, like bullshit scene in a movie, video game, whatever. It's just like, I feel like it's so beaten to death. It's always some fucking stupid non sequitur. And it's always like, it derails the fucking whole momentum of the plot and it's always like oh okay now the character is gonna like the the director or writer is gonna use this to like do some fucking metaphor it's like no man be a good writer and write the fucking metaphor in without falling onto that weird crutch of like oh this is weird trippiness anything goes it just feels cheap to me you know i don't even know if that part felt cheap because like there was clearly work put into the imagery in that part but like it it should have been a deleted scene like that didn't need to be in the movie he could have hit his head and then woke up and you would have gotten the same amount of plot i'm because it didn't enhance the story i'm fully convinced that ari aster just just i'm not even kidding i feel like he wrote this script as he went along like it literally feels like stream of consciousness he wrote it as he went along and then did not revise it at all he got to the end and was like all right like that's good let's shoot it now I said this to to some people. I might have said this to you, but this is a movie that I think for Ari Aster should have been earned further down the line. I don't think this should have been his third movie. Yeah, fuck him, bro. This is this is the type of movie that you need. I granted he has two hits, regardless of how people feel about them or not. I'm a fan of Midsummer and Hereditary, but he has two hits under his belt, and. To release like a, a polarizing third film like this, it it feels like it could be a career killer for him. And I don't want to see that. The movie like the the budget wasn't gained back. Uh the movie costs so much fucking money to make. And oh, it's good. It's like such a polarizing piece of media that it, I I most people I can think of a couple of people that were, had positive things to say about it. I just think it was kind of whatever because i can't imagine going to sit back down and rewatch this in a year or two 
It, I, one, it's such a long movie. It's almost I three hours. It just to like feel vindicated in how I feel, but there's very little chance that I'm going to turn around on it. I'm, I feel like it's going to just reinforce my, my feelings, but I don't know, man, whatever money it lost, it's about to lose 15 more dollars because I made it my mission to find Ari Aster in real life in person and be like, listen, buddy, you're pay- you're paying me back the 15 fucking dollars that I spent on that goddamn movie. I was really excited for that. That that is maybe the most disappointing movie for me so far this year. Easily. Um what 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 were some other movies that came out that you did like though? All right, so I'm just going to run through my list cuz I I realized too this year I didn't really see too many movies, but then as I sat down and thought about it, there weren't really that many movies that came out that interested me so far this year. Fair enough. Um let's hear the list. So starting off, you didn't see this, but Infinity Pool, uh, Brandon Cronenberg strikes back. And uh, I was a huge fan. This is like this type of thriller sci-fi, not body horror, because he hasn't really leaned into that much like his father has. But he, I think he's still carving out his, what his thing will be. Yeah, and like another movie or two, he's gonna hit his masterpiece. I I think he's getting real close to it. This is one um, I want to see. I feel like I would like it. I don't know if you would. You don't uh, think so? It could go either way for you. If I'm being honest, I mean, did you watch his other movie? No. So, his other movie, uh, Possessor, I liked it, but there are parts of it that I didn't care for. This movie feels more cohesive. Possessor is about this assassin that possesses people's bodies and carries out a mission. Uh, Infinity Pool is about a couple that goes on a holiday to like this remote, unspecified European country and where like any crime is punishable by death okay and there's a loophole around it and i'm not going to spoil what it is okay interesting but the performances are crazy mia goth is pretty nuts in it uh is it alexander skarsgård he's crazy in it too i mean the the movie it kind of like is just a look at what happens when someone realizes that they can get away with murder essentially yeah and how far they'll go to push the limits of what they can do yeah fair enough what do you got we'll bounce back and forth uh i really uh i loved loved asteroid city um that didn't make my list really i liked it i liked it i i liked it enough i thought it was really good but i don't think it'll end up on my Best of, unless I rewatch it again, and I'm like, okay, now that I know the whole, the whole gist of everything that's going on, it'll end up here. This is one of those movies that I saw it. I said, oh, it's pretty good. I really like that. And then, the more that I sat with it, the more I was like, and thought, like, thought about it, and kind of like chewed on it. I realized that I liked it even more than I thought I did. You know, um, I just love also. Okay, so Wes Anderson, 
you know, ha- is very Wes Anderson. His shit can be very like kitschy and like whatever. I tend to like his earlier movies better, uh, Bottle Rocket, Rushmore, before he got like too over the top, Wes Anderson. You know what I mean? But I feel like this I movie think- is so him. It's so far, like it's more Wes Anderson than any other Wes Anderson movie I can think of. And even though I typically, like I said, I like his movies that are a little bit less stylized. I don't know what it was, but this one works for me. Maybe I think it's that like the vibe is like sci-fi, which I love, plus like Western, which I also love. And just as far as like the way it looks and feels, you know, and like I love the, the way it looks, like the colors, the way it's shot. Like I love the whole vibe of it being, you know, everything feeling like surreal and feeling like it's on like you know a stage because it is it's like a play within a movie or whatever you know um i don't know i i thought it was awesome i really like i mean anything that jason schwartzman's in uh, i'm i'm down he's very funny uh he's super good in this movie uh maya hawk is really good in this movie yeah um i i liked it a lot i think this might be a movie that I have to rewatch a couple of times before I really figure out where it falls in his, his filmography. I I mean, Grand Budapest Hotel, you got Rushmore, uh, Royal Tenenbaums, Life Aquatic. He's done so many good movies. Fantastic. Mr. Fox is awesome too. Moonrise Kingdom. Yeah. Moonrise Kingdom. I think all those are, a lot better than this, but this one might be like a a slow burn, I guess, to where it ends up. Just because it's more recent, and I haven't really had too much time to sit with it. Uh, I had a really funny experience seeing it because I went with my friend Butch and my partner Skylar, and uh, <laughs> we were the only people in the theater laughing at stuff going on. Yeah, the theater was packed. By the way, we went on the. Five dollar Tuesday, so it was absolutely packed. Absolutely, classic. and people were not laughing. So anytime like the FBI guy showed up in the background, it, that was fucking killing me. All of the stuff with the the one kid being like, "Dare me to do this?" Yeah, was killing me. And Jeff Goldblum as the alien was pretty good, dude. That uh, Jeff Goldblum as the alien fucking destroyed me, bro. Him not saying a single line as the alien killed me. Yeah. <laughs> and so, people were not laughing and getting visibly annoyed with us and i was like i don't know what you fuckers came here to see like it's a wes anderson movie it's a comedy yeah um all right what's next for you next for me you didn't see this evil dead rise yeah I'm, that's all you brother my god brezel's hearing this and he's fucking rolling his eyes but fuck you Did he hate it was it? fucking awesome i think so I'm just assuming he did. God. My God, it was so good. As a fan of everything Evil Dead related, including Army of Darkness and Ash versus the Evil Dead, this is what I wanted from our Evil Dead reboot. It really just start to finish insane movie. I've watched it, I think, three times already. God. Loved it. Everything I want from a new horror movie. It, this, the trailer just was so just like I, I have no interest in this whatsoever for me personally. Dude, it gets there are parts of the movie that get Evil Dead 2 type goofy and it's awesome. I I don't know. I uh, just like 
I don't think you, you're going to be able to sell me on this one, brother. We'll do it for the podcast in October, and then you'll be like, all right, nope. that was dope. Absolutely not. <laughs> um, uh, I loved, I don't know if you saw it or not, but I fucking loved Spider-Verse, dude. I'm waiting for it to hit streaming. Dude, that's a mistake, man. Can you, is it still? I know. Or did no, you- I don't think, I don't think it's been theaters in a, for like a month now. All right. Well, you got to put yourself in a position where you can watch it on a big ass TV with a nice sound bar with all the lights off. You do me that solid at least. I will try my best. I've, I've been dying to see it. It's worth watching on a TV, at least not watching on like a computer screen or a phone or anything like that. Like to really appreciate the scope of like how incredible looking it is. Oh yeah. I'm definitely going to watch it on a TV. I mean, I really like the first movie. The first movie might be the, at least as far as I've seen the best Spider-Man movie. It is. It absolutely is the best Spider-Man movie. Anybody who says otherwise does not understand Spider-Man. Dude. And the new one I think was better than the first one. Um, And I'm really excited to see the next one. I'm very fucking excited to see the next one. Yeah. They said they're, they're just doing a trilogy, right? Yeah. And it's supposed to come out next year or the year. I mean, we'll see what happens now, but yeah. um, I, I'm a ahead. big fan of the first movie. Yeah. I mean, this is just amazing. This is just, it's perfect. It's like Miles is like, Miles Morales is Spider-Man for like young generation of kids. And I like that they like do Miles and they still do Peter both. And like, it's not like Miles is like replacing Peter um, because in the comics, they like very much coexist. You know what I mean? And do you, do you remember the, is like, I was going to say, go ahead. (laughs) My bad. I was going to say, do you remember the backlash? I think it was in Ultimate Spider-Man when Peter died and then they replaced him with Miles and people were like, who the fuck is this? Why should we care? Yeah, well, that's stupid because Miles fucking rocks. Like in the comics, when when they're working together, I love that. When it's Miles and Peter together, like their dynamic is incredible. Yep. But we could get into a whole thing about fucking Ultimate Marvel Comics and why Ultimate Marvel Comics is an abomination besides ultimate ultimate spider-man is goaded but ultimate marvel besides that is an absolute abomination um other stuff i saw that's like i'm trying to think of it there's oh i really liked uh sisu a lot sisu was good it was dope i will say this i feel like sisu coming out so close i mean i I think it was released internationally prior and just recently got it's like U.S. distribution, I think, right? Or am I wrong in saying that? I read something that was premiered some at like a film festival in 2022. But as far as I'm concerned, it's a 2023 release. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that it getting released so close to John Wick 4 was kind of a little probably detrimental to it. It's like, I don't know, man. Like, I love the Iceman, but like... The Iceman is just like, it's just like 80% Cro-Mags, 20% water. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. this is this is just like a slightly not as good version of John Wick. And I like that they differentiated like it by it taking place in, you know, like different time period, different part of the world, like whatever. And it had like its own flair too. But at the end of the day, it is still like a oh no, we fucked with the wrong guy and now we're going to find out. 
that this grizzled old man who wants to just be left alone is actually a like badass murder machine. It's like that genre of movie. It just is what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah, one hundred percent. I I tried to watch this movie in theaters. It wasn't playing anywhere by me. Why? I don't know. I think it just got a limited like theatrical release because I found it on streaming and I was like, oh, didn't realize it was on streaming already. Well, that's weird. Yeah, well, fucking. Well, uh, this movie deserved a wider, a way wider release, but it, this billion will be able to see good shit in theaters all the time. That's true. This movie should have came out realistically in like January or February when it's like a real drought for good stuff. Yeah. That's when they dump all the shitty horror movies and all the, the shitty dramas. Like yeah. January and February typically are the the like dumping times where it's like, oh, it's tax write-off season. All right, what movies do we, we gotta dump to make sure we get that money? Yeah, true. Um and it should have it should have came out then so it would have at least stood a chance because I I mean we both have John Wick on our list and my God. It was so good. Where do you put it as far as you think it's the best one? I I've been thinking about this for a while. I think John Wick one is the best one. Okay. And then I would say maybe three, four and then two. Dude, we have very, very different lists. There's no wrong answer, though. For me, yeah, they're all great. But I, for me, it goes two, four, one, three. I don't know why two always falls at the bottom of, of my favorites. I like three a lot more than two. I really can't put a reason as to why. Because there's insane. I mean, the set piece in two where him and the other assassin are, like, shooting at each other with the silencers just walking past, like, pillars and stuff. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Yeah, it's incredible, brother. Um, did you see Air? No, I fucking forgot it came out. I gotta watch that. It was it was good. It was pretty solid. Like, uh, you know, just like a biopic about fucking the invention of Jordan sneakers, which I obviously am interested in. Um, it was cool. It was like that cast was really fucking good. Um, other than that, I think the strength of it is in the cast. Um, it's, it's like an, a good, like chilling on a Wednesday night, looking for something to watch type movie. I really enjoyed it. It's not like mind blowing. It's not the best movie ever. It's definitely going to get some nominations for shit. Yeah. The acting was really good. I mean, it was just like very cut and dry, just kind of like. You know, everything was pretty predictable because it's based in real life and you kind of know what happens, but still it was it was it was a good watch. Um trying I feel to like a Ben Affleck, Matt Damon combo was pretty uh pretty good. Yeah, it's always good. Um I did not see the whale. I know that that's a movie that came out this year that people love. Dude, I I liked it, but I have a problem with almost every single Darren Aronofsky movie where he just makes like Every character and almost every character in all of his movies so fucking unlikable where everybody has to be like the worst version of somebody that you know. Yeah. And it's so exaggerated that it gets to a point where like all of his movies have a very similar plot. I mean, most of the stuff is just adaptations of other things, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Like, I don't, did you see Mother? 
with Jennifer Lawrence? No, and I Javier didn't. Bardem. I was down. Pete and I saw that in theaters. I was down with that movie for like the first half. And then it goes so far off the rails that I was like, this is the most ham-fisted thing I've ever fucking seen in my life. Uh, I And like, I like Requiem for a Dream. I like Pie. Pie is probably his best movie to me. Uh, Black Swan is good too. But that's just an adaptation of uh, Dark Blue. So... Perfect. Or perfect blue. So like I, I don't know, like take it for for what it is. But the whale, Brendan Fraser is awesome in it in it, but it's just another thing where it's like, oh, they had to make every character around him the worst fucking person alive and just everybody treats him like shit. His daughter calls him a fat bastard and all this other shit. And it, I don't know. It was fine. It's it's for me it was just like I the 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 trailer, it seemed so soapy and melodramatic. And I was just like, this is not my vibe. I'm good. I don't need to see this. I think it's worth a watch. It If you like Aronofsky stuff, but The Whale is like fine. And I'm. it's more so a dope thing that it's just kind of like the return of Brendan Fraser in a big role. Yeah. I think that's the most exciting thing about it because now he's in uh, Killer of the Flower Moon. Yeah. That, whatever the new Scorsese movie is. Yeah, that looks awesome. I'm very excited for that. We will probably be going to see that. Oh, yeah. At the same time. 100%. Um, but yeah, The Whale's fine. A couple other things that came out this year. Uh, I actually really enjoyed the Super Mario Bros. movie. Still got to watch. It was good. It was like a dope. I mean, again, you know, it wasn't like the greatest movie I've ever seen, but it was like a really good, solid, like, you know, if you like Pixar movies, which I I rock with those movies. And, you know, uh, I know it's not Pixar. It's uh, the others. It's another one of those studios, but that type of movie. And it's fucking a really good Mario Bros. adaptation. Charlie Day as Luigi is literally um, incredible. I hate fucking Chris Pratt and Jack Black, man. Yeah, I mean, I hate Chris Pratt usually, but it he was fine. It wasn't like a deal breaker. I didn't, like, I forgot that that was him. As I was watching it, I was just like, oh, you know, I'm watching it, and it's like, it's fine. The 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 casting, the good parts of the casting definitely made up for the bad parts to me. See, I fuck with Charlie Day and Anya Taylor-Joy, so. Yeah. I guess there's a good chance that I'll probably end up liking it. I, I wanted to watch... uh before I get into like the last movie I saw that I really fucking liked, I wanted to see Guardians three. I just feel like I want to see Ooh. that story come to a conclusion because I keep hearing how insane it is. Tomato, tomato, tomato. I think the first movie is fine. I think the second movie is also fine. Uh, it's just to bring myself to watch Marvel shit. I don't care. Yeah, I mean, I watched Ant Man and I liked it, but I'll probably never watch it or think about it again. That was another movie that came out this year. It, I mean, fatigue. Fatigued is like an understatement on how I feel about all that shit. Yeah. Like, uh, Secret Invasion came out, and one of my friends was telling me he was watching it, and I was like, "Is it good?" And he was like, "I'll be honest, not really." They fumbled the bag. We talked about this on the a recent episode, but that storyline is incredible in the comics, and it could have been so fucking good, but. Oh, the secret, the actual, if, if you've never read the comic for Secret Invasion, 
and you have any interest in Marvel stuff, at least read that because you can jump right into it without any context on what's really happening in the chronology up to that point. And it's so fucking good. That event is awesome. Yeah, it rocks. Um, and then uh, the last movie that came out this year that I watched that uh, I thought was pretty good was Creed 3. Um, Creed 3 was dope. It was a great popcorn flick. Uh, again, I don't know that that's a movie I'm ever going to go back and watch again, but I really liked it when I saw it. So, Yeah, I don't know if I'll watch it again. I, I still think the first Creed is like the best one just because, you know, you get yeah. Rocky Balboa in it and it's like a, a real continuation of what the storyline is with the Rocky movies. Yeah. But Creed three was just like pretty insane. Like it, it felt like I was watching an anime. Yeah, it really did. Uh, I feel like Jonathan major's career is probably over now, so we'll never see him in another Creed movie. Yeah. Which sucks. Cause he was a fucking, he's an incredible actor. Yeah. He was so good in that. He was really good in, uh, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but they did like a Cthulhu type show on HBO a couple of years ago. Uh-huh. And it got canceled after the first season. And he was pretty good in that. The show itself wasn't that great, but he was awesome in it. Some, something County, right? Or something country. Oh, uh, Lovecraft country. Lovecraft country. Yeah. 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 That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. He, the first couple episodes of that show were awesome. And then it lost me immediately and I was over it. And I didn't realize that it was an anthology series. Mm. But he's fucking great in that. I, I mean, no, ex- not really excusing the allegations against him or whatever. But his career is probably done, so we'll never see him in anything crazy again. More than likely. Yeah, yeah. But all right. Well, you got any other movies that came out this year, or is that it? I got one more. I watched it last week, and I was like surprised at how much I really liked it. How to blow up a pipeline. I oh, wish I saw this in theaters. I wanted to see that. I never got around to it. I am so bummed I didn't see it in theaters. It was really fucking good. Uh, I don't know if I feel like I thought it was really good because a lot of the political views in the movie align with how I feel about corporations kind of just sucking people dry and just doom scrolling and seeing all these fucking natural disasters happening and how climate change is affecting the world, but I really, really liked it. I thought the characters were kind of, the character motivations were there, but the characters themselves outside of a couple weren't that good. But the way that the movie flows between what's happening and what they're planning to do as far as blowing up the pipeline and the way that it goes between like, who who is this character and how did they end up here? I thought that was really good. That's most of the movie. It's It shows you maybe like 15 minutes of what they're doing in the present before it goes back to how did this person link up with this group? Mm-hmm. And it sounds like that would be an, an annoying way to watch a movie where it takes you out of stuff, but it breaks up the tension that's building up and up and up until everything happens. Yeah. I highly recommend it. I really, really liked it. Yeah, it's definitely one I'm going to watch. All right, well, uh, I guess what do we that, got next? Uh, it's been a pretty good six months, and I hope that uh, the next six months is uh, better. Um, We'll check in again at the end of the year, and we'll do, like, a definitive, like, actual 
top five like rankings where we go through. Yeah, we'll do everything: movies, games, TV shows. Yeah, we'll do it. Music, all. whatever, whatever like ends up actually coming out. Um, I I hope I'm not disappointed, but I hope I want Oppenheimer to end up on my list since uh, Tenet was not the movie I thought it would be. Yeah. I want the new Scorsese flick to end up on my list too, just because he's, I don't know. I don't think he's ever done a bad movie. Uh, I didn't like the Irishman. I liked it, but I think it served, it would serve better as an anthology. It's just so slow and long. And this is the guy whose favorite movie is the good, the bad and the ugly, but it's just like, it's, it's a slog dude. See, I watched the movie in like hour increments and I really, I felt like that served it better than watching the whole like three and a half hour narrative. Yeah. All right, mate. Well, I guess that, uh, that wraps it up. So next week, back to the regular grind. You want to tell them what we're watching next? Warriors come out and play. Get a bunch of empty soda bottles. We'll be clinking our fingers together through the entire episode while we talk. It will be incredibly distracting. More distracting than our technical difficulties and um, me eating my triangle was this week. Uh, this is probably going to be one of what la- the last three, maybe four episodes that we have before we're able to do actual in-person stuff. Yeah. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah, for sure. But all right. Well, yep. Watch the Warriors and then uh, listen to us talk about it. Um, thanks for sitting through me and Dan rehashing the last six months. Um, Dan, you got anything to say? Throw us a follow. Dudes doing movies on IG. Send us an email. Dudes doing movies at Gmail. Uh, review on Spotify. <laughs> It's coming on iTunes soon, I swear. Yeah, I keep forgetting about that, but we'll we'll do it. We'll do it. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. Yeah. I feel like this is just going to be a bit now that it's not actually. No, it's coming. It is. <laughs> All right. Peace. Peace.